everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. I am really thrilled today. This is our monthly female film critics speak out panel that I've been doing since the beginning of COVID. It's so much fun for me to get to talk to other critics and bloggers and YouTubers that are awesome, dynamic female voices in the space of film and film criticism and hearing our stories and talking about the experience of what it can be like to both the pluses and the minuses of what this experience can be like. And today I'm very excited today. Uh, Katie Carter's here. Hey. Yes, and Kristen Maldonado is here. Hello. Yay. So what I want you to do, I'm so grateful that you came on to talk about these uh, your experiences, uh, but if you can just uh, share, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you started your site and uh, your, your uh, whether it's a blog or a YouTube channel or whatever you might do. What about you, Katie? Yeah, so um, I got into film like right before I started high school and I got into classic film first, actually. I just kind of randomly started watching a lot of Turner classic movies and um, I watched one movie and was like, oh, that was really great. What else is out there? Um, so I kind of became immersed in that world and, and learning about film history and all that. Um, a couple of years later, I then got really into watching this channel called Reels Channel. It's still around, but it's like totally different now. But back in the day, it was just 24-7 like movie news and trailer reactions and all that good stuff. And um, they would have film critics on a lot to talk about new releases and award season and all that. Um, so I watched these critics and, and looked them up online and read their stuff and was like, oh, I wonder if that's something that I could do because I've always loved to write anyway. Um, so after I graduated high school, I uh, started writing for a website. I wrote for them um, until 2016, they shut down. And then from there, I was like, well, I, I still wanna write movie reviews. So um, I started my blog that I'm doing now. It's called Katie at the Movies. And um, yeah, just been doing that since then. That's great. I didn't realize you wrote for a, for a, an, another site like that. That's very interesting. So you got your, uh, uh, you, you, uh, you whetted your appetite. You started your career doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Kristen, what about you? Yeah. So, um, I grew up obsessed with musical theater. So, you know, I was like a theater kid and, you know, we, I love performing and, um, I, studied that in school and then I kind of like in college realized like maybe there's a way I can combine my love of performing and also just like talking and analyzing movies and tv shows and you know pop culture into something um so I joined the radio station at my college and I changed my major like really really late into college and I became a broadcast journalism major and um I kind I like was trying to do as many internships as I could possibly do to get a job and um, at the same time, I was like really interested in being like an on-camera personality type of person. Um, and every panel that I went to um, related to journalism, they were like, if you want to be on camera, you need to like put yourself on camera, go somewhere, like film a reel, film stand up somewhere. And I was like, okay, well, what if I like do that and like 
I don't know, just like do more of that, you know, like put it on YouTube. Like, what if I like make my own little show and like talk about pop culture and entertainment? And, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted like experience on camera so I could like be the next, I don't know, like Ryan Seacrest or something. Um, and then slowly I was like, wait, actually, maybe this is becoming something. So I started uploading videos on YouTube. Um, I started doing more movie and TV reviews and more analytical videos. And then it kind of just like slowly started to become a community. And then it my kind of plan change from being like, how can I get experience to, okay, I'm, I'm creating my own thing. And um, I haven't looked back. Uh, I like continue to make my videos. I launched a podcast um, earlier this year. And, um, and then in addition to that, I also um, still have a full-time job working in social media. So just, you know, always, uh, surrounded by social, digital, and entertainment 24-7. That is just what I love. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. Yeah, I know what you mean. I Because I work in social media as well. I'm basically like a full-time blogger that I do. Uh, and uh, and uh, for my for my day job. And I uh, when they had the blackout social media thing for like a whole day, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> What's going on? Like, cause it's just, it's such a part of I me, mean, everything for the podcast, everything for my job. And you're just like, well, I can file stuff for a little while, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. Do. It's like, I need the computer and the internet. Otherwise yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing, I guess. Maybe I'll read for a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start working for MTV? I started working for MTV when I graduated from college. That's okay. my first job that I got out of school. So that was in like 2013 I graduated um like in December of 2012 because I since I switched my major I had graduated a little bit late um but um and then I started my YouTube channel like right after that around 2014. Mm -hmm. Interesting so Katie when you started reviewing older films uh on your blog uh do you find that people are pretty open to discussion as far as uh these because sometimes people can be really persnickety about the classics if you have any criticisms at all <laughs> yeah people are are generally pretty nice about it i find that there's like a certain sect of people who are like very adamant about what is considered a classic film and what isn't um like i got into that with some people about star wars one time the mm -hmm. 1977 star wars and um whether or not that was a classic movie. Um, but generally people people are cool with it. They, they like to learn about it if it's not something that they already know or maybe it's a movie that they also love and they don't see a lot of people talking about it. And it's like, oh yeah, I love that movie too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's generally been a pretty good experience. And um, I guess one of the benefits of uh, this year is that I've really been able to devote a little bit more time to that um, because prior to this year I've mainly just been trying to keep up with the new releases so to be able to go back and um, kind of look closer at, at some older films has been fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah and you're a big Disney person fan too right? Yes I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what i thought um, me too. and the disney fans can be can be a lot they can definitely be a lot yep. yeah yep. <laughs> i'm a big star wars fan that's like my favorite thing so mm -hmm. you know that's a lot um yeah i mean I'm, I'm really into fandoms but um 
I mean, I'm fortunate that I've, I've found corners of the internet that are very welcoming, but I know mm -hmm. that can be overwhelming for sure. Yeah. Are you a pro sequels fan or a pro prequels fan or just all together you just love star wars all together i love star wars I love that that's great that's answer <laughs> <laughs> okay good very good uh well kristen what do you think is important about having female voices particularly in the youtube space there's not that many of us in the film commentary youtube space uh that are that are women and what do you think that that voice adds to to the world of criticism and to just youtube in general well yeah i mean i think that just like i think just generally having different types of people criticizing and reviewing projects is so important because it opens you up to other ideas and opinions and lifestyles and you know what other people experience you know if you always have the same person and the same type of person reviewing something, then you don't really widen that bubble of like, actually, maybe this project is a masterpiece to another group of people or to, you know, like maybe, you know, a guy is not going to understand a specific film the way that a woman would, um, or the opposite way, you know, um, and I think it just like allows you to see from a different perspective. And like, I think the more perspectives that we get to see out there, the better. Um, you know, because some, there are some films out there that maybe appeal to a specific audience. And if that audience doesn't get a chance to review it or critique it, that film might go into the radar when maybe it really is destined to be something greater or maybe it's not, but you know, you don't know unless you have different voices out there sharing their own opinions and their thoughts. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think the more perspectives that you can get the better if you only have straight white men reviewing movies I mean no they don't all come from the exact same background they're not all going to have the exact same opinion on a film but that's just one perspective and you're leaving out whole giant groups of people and you know men may be able to look at a certain film and review how the story works on a surface level or the actor's performances or the cinematography or the music. But if it's a movie about a woman or a black person or a gay person, they're not going to connect with it on, mm -hmm. on a deeper level. Um, so it's really important to get, get those voices in there and, and so they can, uh, you know, say, yes, yeah. this is authentic to my experience or not. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely saw that, especially with, if you look at the Star Wars uh, films, I've never heard a single female critic talk about the Mary Sue thing. And and I'm not saying that that isn't a thing and doesn't exist. And I was pretty, I was disappointed in the end with how little they developed Ray. I was hoping, because when they first, when they first brought up that criticism, I was like, <sighs> lame but i have to say i was hoping that they would give her more and do more with her yeah. but nevertheless i i just think that it's in, that you need to have if you're going to have that kind of critique about female characters i think it's worth having a female voice weigh in on the discussion <laughs> i do yeah, and i think going off of that when mulan was coming out i felt like before it actually dropped there were all the reviews that I was seeing were super, super, super positive. 
and they were all from like very similar types of people. And then the minute it came out and like people that were actually of like Chinese or Asian descent were watching the movie, they were like, actually. And then you got to hear other people's perspectives from other backgrounds. And it was like, well, you know, you kind of get a different analysis of something. Whereas like maybe one person saw it and was like, oh, well they did a really great job with the action or like, oh, they did a really great job of making her, uh, you know, um, you know, not very like uh, clumsy and things like that, you know, or, or giving her certain mm -hmm. uh, skills or whatever. But then you see someone else who actually is from that background uh, perspective and they're like, actually, this isn't right. I didn't like this. And you don't get that unless you actually talk to the people from that background. And I feel like it makes it just like, I want to see those reviews, you know, like I would rather see a review from an Asian American person on Mulan and get their perspective than someone who like has no connection to the culture or doesn't know anything about it or isn't a Disney fan. And I think we've actually even been seeing that recently with some horror movies that have come out recently where it's like, you know, a New Yorker or, or whatever review from someone who doesn't like horror reviewing horror. And it's like, well, but you don't even like it. So yeah. how, how are you? Yeah. Or there was that that there were those critics that uh, reviewed the the Witcher show. I think that's what it's called. And they didn't even they just watched the first episode and they re oh, they no. reviewed the entire show. And I'm just like, <laughs> I responded. I'm like, I think it was Variety or someplace like that. Like I volunteer. I'll watch, yeah. I'll watch it all. I promise. Yeah. I mean, come on. And so that can be frustrating. And. I, I've learned a lot from from listening to other people's point of views. It doesn't necessarily change my opinion. I liked the movie Green Book. I thought it was a sweet story. I enjoyed it. Do I get the criticisms that people have brought up? Absolutely, I do. And I think uh, it does make me change. It doesn't make me necessarily change my opinion because I still think the good in it is good, but it maybe makes me look at it in a new light and uh, just appreciate their criticisms i think you can do that that's a thing mm -hmm. yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah and do you think as a whole uh, that there are because we kind of divided uh, definitely living in the hallmark space i spend a lot of time in sort of female branded content right and then there's obviously stuff that is that is sort of branded as more masculine and uh do you what do you think about that uh i because sometimes i appreciate having stuff that is made for women but that, that you don't want to be pandered to either uh in that what do you think about that katie yeah it's it's hard because you know i mentioned before i'm a big star wars fan i have yeah. been since i was eight years old and growing up I always just kind of felt like, okay, yes, I love this thing, but I always felt like, oh, it's, it's still a thing that's for boys. Like it's not made for me. Um, and I, I felt that about, um, you know, so many different franchises and, and films and shows throughout my life. I don't know. I can't, I can't put it to words when no, I'm you're thinking. Fine. Um, I, yeah, I guess I, I definitely felt like the being pandered to though, because I felt that way with like Captain Marvel where I went in and I really wanted to like it a lot. And I recognized that it was a big deal. It's, it's like the first, um, you know, Marvel movie with a female lead, but it just felt like it was trying so hard to get the female audience um, with some of the scenes. And I don't think that, I think that too many um, action movies with the quote unquote strong female lead 
try to do that nowadays. And mm -hmm. I think you can have a, a female lead who is like this great action hero, this great warrior, but also has that soft feminine side and can fall in love and can like to get dressed up and, and mm -hmm. all of this. So I think you can definitely have both. I, well, and that's what I liked about Wonder Woman is that you had both sides. You had her softer side and she's just dancing. And I love that scene in that movie where it says, well, who will sing for us if you leave? You know, and it's just so sweet. Uh, so I felt like that movie did a really good job of having, you know, she's cooing at babies. She's, you yeah. know, and, and obviously has the no man's land and the kick butt scenes and everything. Uh, what do you think, Kristen? Yeah, uh, actually, it, it made me think of the movie um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I don't know mm. if you guys have watched that one, but um, I, I watched it, I rewatched it recently. And the character of Andy is trying to be this like serious political journalist, but she works at like a fashion type of magazine. And she kind of like even judges the work that she's doing as like fluff. And I think that that's something that we see a lot, like, um, when it comes to how women are portrayed is that like, if we see things like, oh, she's interested in makeup and, and hair, that it's like seen as less than, and you know, that she's not serious. And I think that that's just like a stereotype that we need to break because there are a lot of different types of women out there. Some that are tomboys, some that are not, some that are a mixture of both, some that, you know, and I think that that's something that is like a, a society thing that I feel like we just need to like, get away from because yeah, women should be allowed to enjoy a nice Hallmark movie and men should be able to enjoy it too. And women should be able to enjoy a good action movie and men should be able to, you know, like we should be not so confined by these like boxes that we make for people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm hoping that like over time we'll start to see that more reflected in our cinema because I think what we see on screen is like how we kind of treat people in the real world sometimes, you know, um, when it comes to um, stereotypes of people and, and gender and things like that, like you kind of, I don't, I don't even know if people necessarily do it purposely, but I think people kind of replicate what we see on TV and think like, okay, well, that's what a woman should be like, or that's what a guy should be like. Um, yeah, that's one thing I really liked about Frozen is that I liked that both sisters were valid. You had sort of the more feminine, sweeter, you know, more kind of classic princess in your in Anna, and then you had your more sort of tough, strong, kick butt kind of more character in Elsa, and both of them were valid in the script, and both of them were important. And I actually really liked the sequel, and a lot of people didn't, but. I really liked the character growth for both. And I just love the fact that both of them are queens at the end. That's awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, because I, I really get annoyed when people immediately discount anything that's sort of traditionally feminine as being less and women can do it worse than almost anyone else, you know, that, oh, well, wearing pink or, or doing anything that's girly is somehow less valid or, uh, and I, I just, I hate that. And you definitely see it on, uh, uh, with Hallmark and Hallmark movies. Not that they're not worthy of lots of criticism, I get it, uh, but, uh, but they also have films that are starring, all starring women, about women with careers and, and that, uh, that just happen to fall in love with Christmas, right? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so I think it's, it's, it's really important to do both, to have the strong, confident w women 
but then also have the sweet and the feminine and because because that's that's still a thing that's still a part of being a woman you know she can wear pink she can you know sent her letters and um and also you know be a kickbutt lawyer yeah that's right (laughs) yeah and i get really irritated when i feel like little girls are uh, made to feel kind of bad for liking pink things or liking girly things or little boys who cares um but uh because that's not bad that's great if that's what they like (laughs) then they should like it and uh and I, I don't think know. we just need to be able to see more people in those kinds of spaces, like people of color, you know, when mm-hmm. uh, I know we've talked about this show before, Rachel, um, Drop Dead Diva, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like that was such a great one where we got to see like a plus size woman being confident and being, a, you know, a really successful lawyer, but also being really girly. And it's like, we need more characters like that, you know, that we're yeah. seeing like different types of people in these roles. Um, Mm -hmm. because there are really people in these that live these lives it's just we don't see it on tv or in in movies all the time yeah katie have you ever seen drop dead diva i have not oh it's so good i love the show it's so good like seven or 11 seasons i don't even remember now something like that it so i have a weakness for some reason for stories about people that switch places i love that switch bodies switch whatever (laughs) And, and so i love your name which that's the plot in your name i love freaky friday i love, I love that whenever they do that and in dropped a diva it's about a supermodel who dies and but she dies too early she gets sent back into the body of a plus-size lawyer and so it's the supermodel in the body of a plus-size lawyer and it's so cute <laughs> anyway i love it uh yeah <laughs> and Sweet Magnolias is, I think, a really good example of of having a really diverse group of women, and uh, and still being fun and classic, by also but also adding uh, some sort of more modern elements to to it. Did you watch that show, Kristen? Sweet Magnolias. Um, I didn't get to finish it, but Heather Headley, man, oh, I need oh, to. Oh, so good. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes. Uh, so I think that that's, that's really important and very, very true. And uh, so how would you say that your reception has been in, uh, in the world of criticism in general? Uh, you just, you, Kristen, were just added to Rotten Tomatoes not too long ago. Yeah. So that's so exciting. But what's that been like for you? Because uh, that can bring a, a whole new level of scrutiny to your reviews. Um, so far, I haven't had any problems, knock on wood. And, um, you know, I feel really lucky, like my audience is mostly very positive and, and like welcoming and optimistic. So uh, I haven't really had too many, you know, difficulties. Of course, there's times where people maybe don't agree with my reviews or something. Um, and, you know, I think everybody gets hate sometimes, but I'm very much a kill them with kindness kind of person. So, you know, if you don't like my review, that is totally fine. What do you think? Like, let's talk about it. Um, Yeah, so I haven't had, you know, too many, like, issues, but, you know, nobody's going to agree on everything. You know, there's someone might like a show, someone might not, someone might like a character, someone might not. And the whole thing is like, that shouldn't make a big difference because everyone likes different things. Mm What about you, Katie? You felt like you were pretty, even in the Star Wars space, or not? It's been hard. 
I've had a mostly positive experience for the most part. I mean, I don't have like a huge following online or anything like that. I'm not on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes, so I'm not out here, you know, mm-hmm. attracting too much uh, attention to myself. But um, I think the, the most times that I've gotten um, like bad reactions have been when I had tweeted out an opinion and it got picked up somewhere and then oh, yeah. people started coming for me. Um, that happened with Joker. Yeah. Um, pretty bad my my tweet got picked up by the daily mail apparently and people just uh uh started dming me and and commenting some pretty nasty things um did you like it or not like it i hated it yeah it's particularly the 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 one nice thing about having all of the franchise films getting moved this year was we didn't have to deal with that because it's particularly bad with comic book movies it's the worst <laughs> it's it's where you get it the worst is with comic book movies yeah. so that's and, been kind of nice yeah and like I actually like really love the Batman universe like I grew mm. up on the animated series and and the movies I love Nolan's trilogy so mm. I, I wasn't out here trying to hate Joker but I hated it mm. but you people were like, to say that and yeah. not get in, like in trouble like it's your yeah. It, yeah it sucks that like every time I feel like sometimes I get on Twitter and I'm like I want to say what I thought about this but ooh, maybe I shouldn't but mm-hmm. we shouldn't like be afraid to to start a conversation about something yeah well we've got your back don't worry Thanks. uh yeah <laughs> I, it's so funny to me, especially about Joker, because you're not the first, that's for sure, uh, The uh, that got a lot of pushback on Joker. Uh, and I waited until the till right before the Oscars to review Joker, because I was just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to review it. Uh, but, um, uh, but the thing that's funny to me is that the people that respond so, so hatefully to someone who doesn't like it, I just think, did you watch the movie at all? Like the whole message of Joker, I didn't love the movie, but the whole message is about how we treat other people and how we, you know, that uh, the, the the whole the host, you know, is is mocking him and treating him badly. And, and the moral of the story. Yeah. I'm like, did you watch the movie at all? It's so weird to me. Uh, but I don't know what uh, what would you say. Kristen is an unpopular opinion that you have had that you was your most unpopular opinion I would say one of my more unpopular opinions um was that I didn't really like Netflix's she's gotta have it um Mm -hmm. it's the the tv show version of the Spike Lee film um which is funny because so like the first season people were like you didn't get you didn't get the movie I'm like well I'm not talking about the movie I'm talking about the show and it wasn't good. And then I reviewed season two, which I thought was slightly better, but still not good. And people were like, yeah, this show's trash. I'm like, y'all came for me for season one, but you didn't like season two either. <laughs> so yeah. what are you talking about? Um, but again, you know, it's a very much a kill with kindness. Like all my responses on there were kind of like, okay, cool, no problem. And then everyone was like, actually, like, actually I remember someone replying back to someone else after they had already been like you don't know what you're talking about and was like actually she's really nice so like leave her alone she's she's just sharing her thoughts (laughs) and I was like okay yeah when I had the Shazam fallout uh because I I wasn't a big fan of it and 
uh, on my review yeah I did have those people who were like hey wait a minute leave her alone I was like, yay <laughs> thank yeah. you um, and it is very ironic that now a lot of the Snyder uh, cut people have kind of turned on Shazam and they don't like it anymore uh and uh and it's just so funny because i hear them giving the same same arguments against the film that i made about the film and i'm thinking where were you (laughs) yeah (laughs) your tune has changed quite hasn't it (laughs) i'm not expecting apologies don't don't get me wrong um but uh i another one i thought of is i really did not like martin scorsese's movie silence uh, I did not care for that film at all. I, I, I almost walked out. I was just, cause to me, I didn't, I I've served as a missionary for my church. And so missionary work and is very close to my heart. And I know, I get it. Not every missionary experience is the same. This was a totally different culture and then what a totally different circumstance than what I was sharing, but I didn't feel like the movie captured that this character loved the people at all i just felt like he was an extremely selfish character and all that mattered was what his reputation would take and what he would if he recanted his faith what that would say about him and i that really bothered me a lot because that's just not a missionary to me a missionary the people are the most important he would just watch these people getting tortured and then i felt like the movie was very repetitive uh, in the torture, particularly like there's one scene where a a person is hanging and uh, they're bleeding, drip 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 out of their ears and screaming, and we we get this whole scene. It's awful, of course, and then literally like two or three minutes later, they repeat the whole scene over again, and we get the exact same scene of torture again and i'm just like are you kidding me right now like what are we supposed to be learning from this and it just it just felt kind of uh it felt like masochistic to me i just felt like they were wallowing in the pain of believers and the fact it was made by a believer to me is just bizarre i don't understand it i don't i don't understand what he was trying to say i really disliked the movie and i get it it's hard when you are being critical of something with like that kind of pedigree and that looks so nice and like because it, it's easy to criticize like adam, adam sandler film or something like that like that's not hard um but something that's got all that prestige and looks nice when you actually are like no i hated it that definitely <laughs> that causes I think that, some... I, you know i mean that speaks to what we were saying earlier about getting people from different perspectives because not everybody is going to come from that movie from the ex- having the experience of actually being a missionary. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's really great that you're you're able to have that opinion and look at it that way. I just wanted one scene where it seemed like he really loved these people that he was with. And if you look at a movie like The Mission with Robert De Niro uh from the 80s that movie is so much better and has a very similar style in my opinion at least jeremy irons where you you just feel the love that they have for these people and i just think uh and so uh so anyway that's that's an interesting i also famously didn't like birdman (laughs) which was very unpopular opinion (laughs) uh i just i don't know i feel like birdman was all uh style and little substance in my opinion 
and uh, that definitely ruffled some feathers back in 2014. So, <laughs> did you guys ever watch um, the Gem and the Holograms movie? Yes. Well, this is this may be controversial, but <laughs> I didn't hate it. Uh huh. And people were like, what do you mean you didn't hate it? Because I had I had definitely made a whole like trailer reaction that was like, this looks like trash. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, if this was called something else, I think people would have liked it. If it wasn't called Gem and the Holograms, I didn't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. And people were like, ah! and I was like, because I liked something. No. Yeah. So I mean, I was, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I know a lot of actually people who, uh, my film critic friend, Alonzo Duralde, he defends that film and, uh, and William Bibiani, both of them, they defend that film. I guess I, maybe I'm just too attached to the original series. I don't know. Gem and the holograms and the misfits and, and turning her into like a YouTube star. I was like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. But I think if it was a different movie, like if it wasn't called yeah. holograms and it was like called something else, it would have been like, okay. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Maybe who knows? That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We all have the, those unpopular, unpopular opinions uh katie what about you do you we have joker as far as your twitter did you have any review that really got a lot of the people uh that had a good discussion after it yeah this this is kind of silly because i feel like i'm definitely not the only person who feels this way uh-huh. but I think the review that i got the most feedback off of and it went on for quite a long time was the greatest showman ah yeah, I hate I hate the greatest, <laughs> man. greatest um, which is you like the music though. It's okay. I I uh, listened to it. I tried listening to it a couple times after seeing the movie just on its own, and uh-huh. it was fine. But eventually, like my dislike of the movie just kind of clouded it for me. But the, the music is fine. But um, just the, the characters, the story. I was so miserable watching that movie, which surprised me so much because I love musicals. I love movie musicals. I love mm-hmm. going to Broadway shows. I wasn't prepared for it to be a masterpiece, but I thought I could at least watch it and it would be fine. Um, but I remember when I, I first put out my review, um, as soon as the movie came out, some people were like, oh, that's really disappointing to hear. It looks really good, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm sure you guys remember, as the weeks went on, that movie just like picked up so much steam and became so popular Mm -hmm. and so almost universally loved. And suddenly those people who before were like, oh, that's disappointing to hear, went to see the movie and came back like, wait, why don't you like this movie? This movie is amazing. You're the only person I know who doesn't like this movie. And it just went on for so long I mean, even months even now occasionally somebody who I know will only just now get around to watching it and be like wait why did you not like that movie again and it, it, no yeah. one was mean about it it was just kind of annoying <laughs> it's so funny because yeah. I feel like that's one that I hear about that people are like the movie's not good but the soundtrack is amazing I like love the soundtrack that's an interesting i really enjoyed the movie i have to say uh but i but in my real life like everyone i know loves that movie i mean it is so popular here in utah i think it made the the most money per theater 
of any theater in the whole country in one of the theaters in here in Utah. It was very popular. <laughs> and uh, and I, I actually wrote a whole piece uh, on my blog, a whole review called uh, Why the Greatest Showman is the Ultimate Mormon Movie, even though it's not about <laughs> a Mormon character. It just has so many parts about it that are like ideal for a Mormon audience. In fact, they even did the focus group screening for the greatest showman here and i went to it <laughs> this was before i was a critic so i could do the stuff like that and uh so i went to the the focus group screening and uh i i don't know if it's true or not but i like to take credit for the fact that um uh what's her name's the the famous diva singer or whatever well, i can't think of her name but oh. anyway yes and <laughs> so so we're giving our feedback and everybody else in the circle was like this was amazing and i loved it so much and i was like it was really good except for you've got you can't have her sing she's not a good enough singer it was not good rebecca ferguson i was like it's not good enough she's supposed to be this amazing singer and they ended up dubbing her and i like to secretly oh, think but <laughs> did she originally sing herself and it just was like okay no it wasn't good Oh and she's supposed God. to be, you know, this famous opera singer that's inspiring the whole nation. Like, it has to be good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I listened to Never Enough, like, on repeat. It's so good. So, so great, great choice in telling them to get a singer. Yeah. I'm going to say it was you who did that, too. Yeah, thank you. But just the way that he doesn't choose to stray from his marriage and the fact that uh, it's very theatrical because we, uh, as a as a culture, have uh, w one of the very first buildings in Utah that was ever built. It was a theater. Actually, we have a huge history of of theater in Utah. The theatricality of it. Uh, if if you look at there's this uh, group called Young Ambassadors, which is very like that's very popular. <laughs> I just knew it would be a big hit, and I was right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so it's just funny because everybody loves it so much around me. And I, I had one friend who saw it eight times in the theater. And, and so it's just funny to me to then go on Twitter and people are like, it's the worst movie ever. I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that, uh, that you, that you had that experience, Katie, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I've had, to, I've had movies that I have, uh, liked more than the average person. Like you were saying with Jim, uh, Kristen, I would say I was actually just talking about it on Twitter today. Uh, definitely Mary Poppins returns because people know I don't tend to like these, uh, remakes that they're doing live action remakes. And so I was pretty skeptical of Mary Poppins returns. And I mean, I love, obviously the original is incredible. And I went to see Mary Promise Returns and I was just completely delighted by it. I thought it was so good. I loved the new songs. I loved Emily Blunt. I thought that there was enough difference in the portrayal of the father, whereas in the original film, the father is not aware kind of of his kids and doesn't really, really love them very much. And then he learns to love them. Whereas in this one, he does love them and he feels all this guilt and this weight behind him and i thought that that was different enough to be fine for me and so many other people were like it's exactly the same movie <laughs> like no 
so good. <laughs> I That's really enjoyed it. Another example of how like, you know, people take different things away from yeah. logics. And people are like, oh, it's not as good as the original. I'm like, of course it's not. Come on. <laughs> but if I had to take like a shot for shot remake, like The Lion King, and if I had to pick or a new movie with new songs and then you know new characters i'm gonna pick the new one <laughs> <laughs> like darn it all you all picked the copycat why did you do that i don't understand but uh but anyway i think people expected me to hate it and then i didn't oh another one recently that i actually liked that nobody else liked was um uh the new mutants mm. uh i thought it was i thought it was a fun sort of breakfast club take on uh on the x-men universe and i don't know i it wasn't like the best move i've ever seen but i i gave her fresh One on a, is uh that new movie freaky uh-huh I feel like everyone's talking about how much they love it i didn't really like it so. yeah <laughs> let's see what what yeah. thoughts are what other thoughts come out when it i also recently was not a big fan of tenet and i don't know yeah did you see you got to see it then katie i i did yeah Yeah. um yeah i hate i actually kind of hated that (laughs) (laughs) it's not good it managed to just be it was so loud and it was so overbearing and the the plot was so confusing that it actually was in a weird way kind of boring i just kind of tuned out because i was just like i what's going on and the score was so overpowering and the sound was so weird. I couldn't understand what the characters were saying. I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. I don't know. Did you get, sorry, go ahead. I saw it at, at the drive-in theater and I oh. thought it was just the sound at the drive-in. It's just different from like an indoor theater, but nobody uh-huh. pretty much universally said that the sound yeah. was terrible. So yeah, I kind of wish I had gone to see it at the drive-in instead of at the IMAX uh, because I could have just turned down my, <laughs> my, my, my little player uh did you get to see that uh Kristen did you see no, no I haven't yeah. gotten to see it yet but I'm someone who already like I need subtitles on everything because I'm just like I'm getting old and I'm like so I feel like if the sound's gonna be like too overbearing I'm gonna be like I can't I can't focus I need to wait until I come home and put yeah. my, my caption yeah. and people are like oh you gotta see it a second time I'm like I mean and and I don't give other other directors I, I review their other directors on their first watch I don't give other directors two times three times that's not fair that's true. as far yeah. as I'm concerned uh, yeah I didn't like it enough the first time to <laughs> really want to give it a second go and, and dig deeper uh, I mean if we were compare Nolan films like Inception I liked enough first viewing to say like okay yeah I'd, I'd watch mm-hmm. that again and see what else I can pick up on but yeah, I think I'll, I'll give Tenet a pass. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but it is fun when you can, when you find something that is, is a hidden gem uh, that other people haven't heard of and you get to tell them about it and they like it. And uh, there's lots of examples of that for me. But one really kind of silly example is there, there is a uh, Lifetime movie called Christmas Perfection that I think I have done more for that movie than anybody else telling you about this movie. I just loved it so much. It's it's about this girl who uh, she 
she has this uh, Christmas uh, dinner, or whatever, and everything goes wrong, and everything's going wrong in her life. She has this crush on her boss, and he doesn't he doesn't care about her. And she, of course, has this BFF who's in love with her that she hasn't given the time of day with. And anyway, so she has this Irish Christmas village, and she makes a wish that she could have a Christmas like in the Irish Christmas village that her mom grew up in. And the next morning, she wakes up and she's in the Irish Christmas village. Like I said, I love like switching bodies alternate dimensions all that stuff i love it and <laughs> so i and so first she's just like in love with this her parents are together they're not divorced everybody's everybody's behaving exactly the way that she wants them to behave everything's perfect with christmas but then of course as the days go on she gets more and more kind of tired of it and her boss is like her boyfriend in the Irish Christmas world. And it's hilarious. I think it's so funny, especially as she starts to devolve and get more nutty. <laughs> She's like yelling at this gingerbread girl. She's like, ah, and it makes me laugh. And there's like really weird stuff. Like she, every day she ends up making a Christmas sweater. And again, as she sort of devolves, the sweaters get more and more. It's like she makes one with like black. <laughs> black and gold and all this stuff and they're like what this is your sweater the way you want and anyway i love it i think it's so funny and so many people have watched that movie and been like that was a really good movie i would never have watched it if you hadn't persisted what's it called it's called christmas perfection and you can if you have hulu it's on hulu so you should watch it it's really funny in my opinion tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me know what you think and the other thing cool about it is that it has like a deeper layer because not only does she have christmas the way that she always wanted but all the people in her life are behaving the way she thinks she wants them to behave right mm -hmm. her mom her dad her best friend and uh, and then she she realizes that she misses the real them that that's not really what she wants and you know how often in in life do we wish that people would just oh, why are you why are you like that you're so frustrating and uh but yet we would miss that that part of them if they were gone uh, and anyway so that's one uh, do you have anything like that like uh, katie like a hidden gem i wouldn't say that it's it's definitely not a hidden gem but um a movie that i feel like i was a big advocate for last year was Hustlers mm -hmm. because I feel like so many people looked at the previews for that movie and just formed this opinion of it based on what it looked like and it wasn't really on my radar until it came out and I went to see it and I was just so struck by so many things about it how it kind of broke down these stereotypes about strippers how it was really like about the sisterhood and the friendship of all these characters how there are no men in the movie really just there's kind of there as as background mm -hmm. um and but i just kept hearing all of these people say oh well is it really that good like j-lo for the oscars like really um and i don't know i just i i really wanted to like put it out there that like actually this movie is is not what you're thinking you should go see it it's really empowering it's actually really sweet at times um the performances are that good 
Um, and yeah, that just became like a, a really important movie to me last year, which I was not expecting at all. Um, and I hope that I convinced some people to give it a shot who maybe weren't going to, um, you know, ne never yeah. judge a movie by its poster or its, or its trailer. That's right. That, that's always the best feeling when you can really get behind a movie and maybe convince a few extra people to, to give it a shot. That feels so good. Uh, what about you, Kristen? Do you have anything like that? Do you feel like you kind of really pushed and people pushed on people that they should go see and then they ended up enjoying it? Yeah, um, actually, uh, I'd like to talk about a TV show, if that's okay. Yeah. But I feel like um, one of the shows that I had kind of like heard about, but nobody was talking about at all was Julie and the Phantoms on Netflix. If you mm -hmm. seen it, highly recommend. Um, you know, I feel like it was surprising that I wasn't really hearing anybody talking about it because it's like a Kenny Ortega project, high school musical, Hocus Pocus, you know, Dirty Dancing. He's worked on so many iconic projects that I was like, how is nobody talking about this? Um, so I did a review and I also got a chance to interview uh, the lead actress, Madison Reyes. And it was such an awesome project. And I think now, like people, like now that it's out, people are slowly starting to like pick up on it and like become like super fans but it's like led by a latina who's like in a rock band with these guys who are ghosts and it's like it sounds cheesy but there's something so like heartwarming about it and it does give you those like high school musical vibes but also just like it feels like what they could that what they would do if disney would let them push the boundaries a little bit further like i know in high school musical they never said that ryan was gay but like people kind of inferred but like they never said it but like in this show they have an openly gay character who's a drummer in a rock band and it's like mm -hmm. so cool to be able to see like these stories being told and the music is so fun they do all different types of songs some that do sound high school musical-esque some that are really rooted in like rock some that are a little bit more you know r&b and hip-hop they even have like a whole like flappery type of musical number in like a in like a old-timey club and they just do so many you know, fun, different things. Um, and this is a project that I just feel like a lot of people probably were like underestimating or didn't even have on their radars. But I think everyone who's like been discovering it, um, hopefully from my reviews, <laughs> I've gotten some good comments that are like, oh my God, I love this show um, that, you know, are, are loving it. And like they're, I know the fans are like very actively waiting for them to be like, we're, you're getting a season two. You know, and just the whole cast, just even watching them, they feel like they have such great chemistry mm -hmm. as like a band. Like you want to go see them on a real tour. So hopefully, you know, one day that can happen. But yeah, yeah definitely recommend. I need to watch that show. I, I've just been busy with 100 Christmas movies to watch, but I really want to watch it. Uh, because I've heard nothing but good things. Our co-host of Hallmarkies Podcast, and she loves that show. Yeah. And uh, so I, I really- four hours done you'll be you'll be done oh yeah so it doesn't have that many episodes then huh they're like half hour it's oh, very nice. quick but it's really really good like i could not stop that's definitely one of my favorite shows of the of the year that's cool yeah i mean because i liked high school musical the musical the series despite oh. its absolutely stupid name i love uh, it i love it so much it's so it's all the, I like addicted to it <laughs> yeah it was really good and hopefully they will be able to do a season two i know they got stopped they were filming they announced season two they were gonna film it and then like in i think in march and then things got stopped march or april 
So I hope I we get they're a uh... because they're doing a holiday special. Mm-hmm. So unless it's like all like like Zoom type of holiday special, but like oh yeah, December. So I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's really <laughs> good. Did you ever watch that, Katie? Oh yeah. Yo, you watched High School Musical, the musical, the series? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm like an OG High School Musical fan. So <laughs> all over that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really well done. Really good characters. The only character I didn't really like was the uh, uh, the school teacher. The teacher wasn't my favorite. Mm. Yeah, that was that was my least favorite episode. The one where they are like defending her, and I'm like, mm, should be. This song wasn't great either. <laughs> no. And like she kind of lied, and she's not qualified. <laughs> like what? Uh, they had some but, songs in that season in general, outside of that yeah. one. Like yeah. wondering, whew, oh, all the songs yeah. Nini sings. Oh, I agree. Them. That was so good. I loved that. So anyway, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for coming and talking about your experiences, introducing uh, my audience to you and your work. I really appreciate it and your perspectives. And uh, so thank you so much. And uh, Katie, how can people find you and your blog? So um, my blog is katieatthemovies.com, K-A-T-I-E. Um, I also am on Instagram at Katie at the movies and then you can follow me on Twitter. That is Katie L underscore Carter. Great. And Kristen, how can people find you? Yes, you can find me at Kmaldo, K-A-Y-M-A-L-D-O on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, if you add a one at the end. Um, and I also host a podcast called Pop Culture Planet. And um it's all about like diversity, inclusion, and representation in Hollywood. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be, I get to be on next week. It's going to yes. be very fun. I'm so Happy excited. Christmas movies for the finale. <laughs> That's right. Uh, our, yeah, maybe if you watch Christmas Perfection, maybe we could talk about it. Yes. Yes. All right. Good. Uh, so you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Round Tomatoes. So please check that out. And uh, and make sure you check out the Hallmarkies podcast. We have tons of interviews and episodes where we have a whole episode on Dash and Lily with Austin Burke is going to be on. Lots of fun stuff going on. So make sure to check out over there. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. I sure appreciate it very much. And then I also have my Patreon group, which gives you behind the scenes watch alongs with Hallmark, mostly because that's people I know, talent. And that's really fun. And it's only $2 a month to join. And I really appreciate it. Also have our merch store, which is really fun with tons of festive designs. So take a look at that. And that's all in the description. So thank you so much, ladies. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you both on again soon. So thanks again. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. Happy holidays. (laughs) Yay.